Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. First of all, can you hear me? Yes, that's good. Um, so we're going to be reading this morning from Luke 12, uh, verses 13 to 34. This should appear up behind you, behind me. There it is. Uh, so you can read along as I read to you. So that is Luke 12, and we're going to be reading verses 13 to 34. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down all my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods, and I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night, then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not to have a rich relationship with God. Then, turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food, and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. Uh, And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, then he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses in heaven never get old, never develop holes. Your treasure will be safe, no thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So, I'm just going to do a quick survey here. Uh, can Can all of you put your hand up if you've ever worked in a shop, a restaurant, or retail, or anything like that? Just put your hands up so I can see you. That's a lot of you. Uh, You can put your hands down now if you like. Um, The people you see, you just saw with their hands raised, uh, 
they are the people that understand the true meaning of what it means to be comfortable. And the rest of you, you have never experienced it, and if you ever want to, you're going to have to change your profession. Uh, you see, I work at Tesco, uh, which for those of you who live under a rock, is the largest supermarket chain in the UK. And I don't do anything glamorous there, because there is nothing glamorous to do in retail. Um, I don't do, even do the accounts, I don't do any paperwork, I don't even get trusted to be on the tills most of the time. I stack shelves. It is a simple job. It is a repetitive job. It involves constant um, walking, lifting, squatting, kneeling, sometimes walking around to a customer where things are. And it's a job where you're always on the move, as so many jobs like it are. And that is where the true meaning of comfort comes in. Because you see, at the end of my shift, when I finish the half an hour walk back to my house, I sit down, I take off my shoes, and I put my feet up, and I relax. And that moment is, and will always be, the most complete and full experience of comfort that you can get on this earth. And it is worth working all day just to get that experience. So you, you can perhaps imagine my horror when I receive the title of today's talk, which is Destroying Comfort, or Comfort Must Fall. Because other people got titles like Fear Must Fall or Anger Must Fall, which sound way cooler than the one I got. When you come out of those talks, you're no longer going to be afraid. Uh, you'll be full of courage. Or you're no longer going to be angry. You'll be full of peace. But apparently, my task this morning is to make you guys feel really, really uncomfortable. So, in light of this, I've decided to dutifully Google verses that talk about comfort. And I've come up with things like Psalm 23, verse 4, which read, You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort. And Psalm 119, verse 6, which say, May your unfailing love be my comfort. And those verses are really annoying because they weren't what I was looking for. Because it turns out that in the Bible, comfort is actually a good thing. Being comfortable isn't that bad. And God asks us to find comfort in him, to lay our weary hands, uh, lay our weary heads down on him, to find our rest in him. So this morning, and you might be happy that I've, I've decided to do this, I've decided to abandon all attempts to make you feel uncomfortable. Because you see, what is bad is not comfort for itself, but where we find our comfort. Because comfort found in God is a beautiful thing. But as we read in the Bible story that I just read out, called the parable of the rich fool, comfort that doesn't come from God is an incredibly ugly thing. And today I hope to show you three things from this parable. Firstly, I hope to convince you that our God is a far greater source of comfort than anything this world has to offer. Secondly, I want us to see together that finding comfort in God is actually better for those around us as well. And thirdly, I want us, uh, we'll see that finding comfort in God is good because God is what this life is all about. But most of all, I pray that together this morning, we will find a holy comfort in God that makes all other comfort simply irrelevant. Firstly, comfort is, that is found in God is a better comfort than anything this world has to offer. Comfort without God is foolish, and it is foolish because it simply doesn't work. The comfort this world can give you is unfulfilling, and it will only ever last for a short amount of time. The rich man in that parable was a pretty good businessman, and in that respect, he was no fool. He was able to maximize production, 
He was able to efficiently manage agriculture. He was able to use his land to produce crops that not only met his needs, but far exceeded them. And by all accounts, he was a huge success. He even managed to achieve that thing that we crave so much. He managed to get beyond the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month, the year-to-year worry about our finances, about making it to the next payday. He built himself a surplus of stuff, and because of that, he he found himself to be comfortable. And when he had achieved this success, he decided he could have his cake and he could eat it. He was going to sit back and he was going to enjoy everything that he had done. He put his feet up, he poured himself a glass of wine, he said to himself, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. His life sounds wonderful. He could finally relax. He could finally eat as much as he wanted because he didn't have to worry about whether or not there would be enough tomorrow. He could finally drink as much as he wanted because he didn't have to worry about going into work tomorrow. He could let his hair down a bit. He could be merry because why shouldn't he be merry? When life is that good, when life is that comfortable, why shouldn't you have a smile on your face? But God interrupts this happy little story. And he does so with a shout, fool, he says, fool. This night your life is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And you see, God has played no direct role in the story up until this point. But the rich man, his story has dominated it. The word I, referring to the man, has appeared six times. He has said things like, I will do this, I will tear down, I will say to my soul. He has built his own little world with no mention of God, and no recognition that his crops, which incidentally were created by God, only grow because because God told them to. But now God reveals himself, and he calls this man a fool, because the comfort this man has built up for himself is all about to go down the drain. The life he has built up is gone, because at the end, this man goes the exact same way that every single one of us is going, He dies, and he can't take any of these barns of grain with him. See, my comfort is so often built upon the things of this world, and the things of this world are oh so temporary. And they're not just temporary in that when we die, we can't take them with us, but they're temporary in that they break, they get lost, they get stolen, they fail, they let us down. We can perish, but so can the things in this world. And what happens when we are comfortable because our job gives us plenty of money, then the company has to downsize because times are tough and you're expendable. What happens when we are comfortable because we might not have much money, but at least we have our health, and then we get that diagnosis, which means we don't even have that. What happens when we are comfortable because we are in a relationship that is rock solid with our boyfriend, with our girlfriend, with our wife, with our husband, and then the unthinkable happens, and they leave. The comfort in this world can so often vanish. And that is because it is built on something that isn't worth it. Like the rich man, it was built on something that in the end was always going to come to an end. Now this story fortunately does not end on a depressing note. It actually hints at the solution. It says, the one who lays up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. We all want a comfort that we can rely on. And the Bible is clear, such a comfort is only found in God. Psalm 119, verse 6, which I mentioned earlier, says, May your unfailing love be my comfort. 
His love is unfailing. His love is the only unfailing thing. So take comfort in that. Feel free to enjoy the blessings of God in this world. There are so many of them. He has given us so much to enjoy. But ultimately, when all is said and done, find your comfort, find your joy, find your hope in his unfailing love. In the fact that he cares for each one of us here, he loves us in the fact that he heals us. And in the fact that when everything else fails, our God doesn't. Finding comfort without God is a fool's errand. But not only that, finding comfort in God helps those around us. Because when we find comfort without God, it can be damaging to those around us. This can happen in a small way, and I assure you, it happens in my life. So my journey to to church consists of various forms of public transport. Uh, It usually consists of me catching two buses in the morning. Uh, The first either takes me to uh, Newcastle City Centre or to Gates Interchange, uh, and the second then takes me to the top of Lobby Hill and I walk the rest of the way. Um, Now being a very much a comfort-loving person, I tend to be a little sluggish in the morning. In fact, if Genesis 1 didn't emphatically say that God created the day-night cycle, I would be a firm believer that the mornings were the devil's invention. Now, this can often lead to me running a little late. Often I find myself running for one or both of these buses, and on one occasion, it meant that I was making my way as rapidly as possible to Newcastle City Centre, and by rapidly, I mean I was running as fast as I could. And as I was running, I caught something that was happening out of the corner of my eye. Uh, There was a man uh, a little bit away from me uh, with his arm around another, and a little bit of a crowd around him. The man being held up was heaving. He was taking big, long breaths. And he kept slipping to the ground. The one holding him was in a state of panic. His eyes were wide. He kept looking around at the crowd, looking for someone to help. But the problem was, they were not particularly well-dressed. In fact, it was quite clear they were probably homeless people. And this meant the narrative that was going on in my head was going on in every single other person's head as well. I should avoid those guys. They will probably be fine. I mean, this guy's got his friend with them anyway. They're probably faking it. And if I go over there, they might mug me. So it's easier if I don't. And my mind added a little bit onto this this narrative. I said to myself, I can't stop now because if I do so, I will miss my bus. And if I miss my bus, I will be late for church. And I won't have time to set up the youth session properly. I wasn't even going to be so late that I would miss the youth session. But helping those guys would have made my morning uncomfortable. It would make things a little harder for me. I might miss my bus for people that everyone thought were time wasters, who were probably going to end up asking for my money after they performed the show. And to be honest, there wasn't actually much of a threat of me being mugged because I was much taller than both of them. But that sort of thinking that went through my head, that went through all of our heads who were in that crowd, simply put, is sin. And it's a sin that lies in each one of us. Because how many times have we seen the opportunity to help someone and not done it. It might be in something big. It might be in something small. But I am fairly certain, each one of us, and especially in myself, that there are many situations where my own comfort, where our own comfort, has taken priority over the well-being of other people. Because when our comfort is not found in God, when it is found in getting to church on time, it can be hugely damaging. And the story of the rich man was the same. He came across a problem, albeit quite a nice one, where he had too much grain to store, and he asked himself, what shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And what is his solution? 
who builds bigger barns because he can relax, eat, drink, and be merry. At no point does he consider that perhaps he could use that surplus, that plenty he has, to help others. No, he keeps using the word I because that was the person he was thinking about. After telling this parable, Jesus says to his disciples, sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. He tells us not to hoard up our wealth, to provide comfort for ourselves as this man did, but to give it away. Because in finding comfort in his wealth, the rich man did not help those who desperately needed it. He denied the needy what they needed. And we need to consider that sometimes our comfort might be harming others because it denies them what they need. It could mean that we are unwilling to help our friend move house because that would be really boring and difficult. It could mean that we get angry at staff at shops because the product that we really wanted wasn't there. It could mean that we send off another email to the worship team because they didn't do the new songs we like or they didn't do the old songs we like to sing. And when we find our comfort in our relaxation, we will not help our friend move house. When we find our comfort in getting exactly the right type of food for dinner, we will get angry at people in shops and people in restaurants. When we find our comfort in either nostalgia or the up-to-date feel of church, we will get annoyed at the worship team and anyone who stands at the front. But if we find our comfort in God, all those things fade away. Because finding comfort in God means we can put up with the discomfort in this world. Because the comforts of this world just don't matter as much anymore. It means we can follow God boldly in our day-to-day lives, being willing to stick our necks out for him. It means we are more willing to do what is right, even when it is uncomfortable for us, because we have a hope of a better comfort that doesn't lie in this world with its broken promises, that doesn't lie in this world with its fragile trinkets, but lies in God God who listens, God who cares, and God who is taking us towards a life in eternity with him. We have a comfort that all things are in his hands, that all things will come together in the end. And that should, we hope and pray, put the discomfort of this world into perspective. Now we need to find our comfort in God because he is so much better at providing it than anyone else. We need to find our comfort in God because if we don't, it can start having some pretty bad consequences on all the people around us. And finally, we need to find our comfort in God because to do anything otherwise would be to miss the point of what this life is all about. See, the people that Jesus was speaking to that day were very anxious because they were looking at things of this world, things that they actually really needed and were actually really important, like food like clothing, and they were wondering where they were going to get those things from. But Jesus, who wonderfully is both straight to the point, but at the same time incredibly gentle, says, all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. He says, don't worry, I already know that you need these things. You don't need to worry about them, because I already know that you need them. I'm already thinking about them. So turn your eyes instead to me. Likewise, to the person who had everything, to the rich man with his uh, barns full of grain, he said, the one who lays up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. With his barns full of grain, with his comfortable lifestyle, the rich man had been missing the point 
about life. Because life wasn't about those things. It's about God. Likewise, the crowd that he told the story to, who probably would have yearned to be as comfortable as that rich man, who may well have struggled to put food on the table, some of them were missing the point about life as well. Because those things are important. But life isn't about them. It is about God. It is all about the tender God who bends down to us and says ever so gently, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So don't focus on the comforts of this world. Don't focus on the worries of this world either. Focus on your loving Father. He will give you, he will give us, every one of us here, his kingdom. He will invite you into a loving relationship with him. Focus on him who can soothe our hearts when they ache, who can challenge our anger when it rises up, who can even wash away the guilt that clings to each one of our souls. When we get distracted, as we so often do, by the comforts that this world has to offer, they start to push God out of his rightful place. We start to care very much about whether or not everything is just right, about whether or not the Azza delivery is going to turn up in the middle of the drama we are watching, or if the church service is going to be one hour and ten minutes long, or one hour and fifteen minutes long. Because these things can become incredibly big idols for us, because they are providing us with comfort, and when we do that, we are mucking up. We are mucking up because we are spending time, we are spending energy, we are spending thoughts on them. And we are losing our focus on what really matters. Even those little things can become incredibly important. And in, doing, in making them important, we forget about God and diminish his importance. We should focus on him for no other reason than he is more important than all of that other stuff. Because he stands above it all as its creator. And we should follow him, spend time with him in prayer, do time with him in prayer, do his will, even to the point where we will give up everything else. We should follow the God whose comfort actually works, whose comfort inspires generosity, because we didn't need those other th those things anyway. Could the band uh, please come up? Now, I want to stress something today. I'm not saying here that if you follow Jesus, you will live a life of amazing comfort. Because Christians don't sit on some sort of soft, marshmallowy cloud of spirituality where the world around us doesn't affect us. Because the world around us does affect us. And sometimes it really sucks. And sometimes we seem far from God. And even when we seek him, and even when we seek his comforting presence, we can't find it. And sometimes God makes us uncomfortable because he wants to challenge us. But to quote one of the professors at my university, the victory granted in this world is not escape from pain and suffering, but a strength to endure pain and suffering. The comfort that this world gives is nothing in what God gives, nothing on what he will one day bring for us. And the comforts of this world have nothing on following God. They are worthless compared to your relationship with him, and they are not worth wasting our time to chase wasting our lives to chase after them. So may God be the focus of our lives and may we forget all the things that we thought were important and instead focus on him. And I'd like you uh, to pray that in your hearts, to pray that with each other um, as we sing together. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. 
If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.